Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Tottenstown. Welcome to the Tottenstown Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. My name is Tanner Staggs. I'm here, as always, with my brother Tyler Staggs. Tyler, before we kick off the show, go ahead and tell everybody how they can support the show. If you want to support the show, all you have to do is like check out our merch go to titans-time.myshopify.com slash collections another way to support the podcast if you're listening to the audio version of it whether it be on apple Podcasts, spotify make sure you're following the podcast or subscribe whichever one it is leave us a five-star rating go down leave us some comments we love the interaction guys you're going to hear us say that a lot we want the interaction. We want the comments. We want the ratings, ways we can improve the show, all of that. If you're watching on YouTube, scroll down. That red subscribe button, hopefully it's not red, but if it is, click it. Turn it gray. Turn on the post notifications. Like the video. Share the video with your family, friends, other football fans. And go down, leave us some comments. Let us know your thoughts on this upcoming game versus the Jets. Also, make sure you're following us on social media, the ones that we're most active on. Twitter is Titans underscore time. Facebook is Titans time. And then Instagram is Titans time podcast. And then we also have something new there that's kind of brewing up. Not going to announce that yet because don't exactly know what the timeline is on that. But regardless, let's go ahead and kick off the show. we got the Titans going up to New York to play the Jets, the 0-3 Jets, who are getting some traction uh, from some media and delusional fans that they might have a chance to knock off the <laughs> Titans. And, I mean, pretty interesting that the time that they actually get a, a little bit of recognition, I guess you would say, to potentially pull off an upset is when the Titans are absolutely just beat and down their top two receivers, they're down their Pro Bowl punter. I mean, all around, the Titans are completely beat up. They are. I mean, we have Bud Dupree is out as well. Sorry, I know I'm jumping a little bit ahead no, of no, you no. there. No, you're good. But, you know, go through this injury report and also this time include the Jets injury report because there's one on there for sure, or actually a couple on there that I feel <laughs> like are pretty big. 
Yeah, so starting with the Titans, the guys that we know that, that Vrabel confirmed today are out. We have A.J. Brown, Bud Dupree, Caleb Farley, Julio Jones, Laurel Murchison, and Brett Kern. So some pretty significant names there. Um, honestly, the, the top four there are significant. And then, obviously, Brett Kern, because we saw how things can go when you have to bring in a punter and hopefully this one does not have FedEx on his resume. Here's what I'm going to say. We're going up there to play the Jets. Let's hope we don't even have to put the punter on the field. <coughs> I, I, mean, I, agree. Let, I agree. Let's go up there and take care of business. Um, And then you also have some guys um that were limited participants. All the guys that did not practice on today, Friday, um, they have already been ruled out. You also have limited participants, Roger Saffold, Tier Tart, and Jeremy McNichols, who showed up on the uh, injury report today. I don't know that that's anything big with him. From what I was saying, he just he went in early. Well, it's listed didn't... as a hamstring injury. I don't know. Oh, great. Which... Another hamstring injury. Yeah, so <laughs> um, that's the only reason I thought that I would mention that is because you, you know how the hamstring injuries can be. Even if they don't seem that significant at first, they can continue to nag and nag and nag. So does it really matter that much? Honestly, if it means anything, if he misses this Jets game, it's that Derrick Henry has a less likely chance of, of coming out. With, and, unless they put a big Sargent out there. Exactly. And he, he got some carries last week, so it's it's possible. So now, for did the, Derrick Henry, was he back at practice today or was he, he was, still He was resting? a full participant. Okay. Um, he just took Wednesday – or no, sorry, Thursday mm-hmm. as the rest day. Um, for the Jets, they have – Elijah Moore, who has been ruled out, and Jeff Smith, who have been they've been ruled out uh, under the concussion protocol, mm-hmm. and then Marcus May. So to me, now, that's that's the big one. To me, Elijah Moore and Marcus May, well, two big names there. But Marcus May, uh, I agree. Um, I mean, that's a big well, name. Here's why Elijah Moore is a big one because we've seen what happened in Week One versus Arizona, whenever Rondell Moore. They were able to get those screen passes to him. He was their speedster, and he, he kind of burned us a little bit. So that's where Elijah Moore could have come in, and you know we might be catching a little break with him being out. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. But Marcus May, I mean, he is, he's a great player, honestly. And it's just huge that with the Titans wide receivers that are out, it's huge that there is that – to not that he makes up for AJ Brown and Julio Jones being out because by no means he he does not, but there is that little bit of counterbalance there. Like okay, their best safety, he's out, so helps a little bit there. Um, I mean, all in all, it's it's just going to be interesting to see how some of these guys uh, that are lower down on the depth chart how do how do they step up? They did good last week. Um, so we'll see. And I think that's going to be the thing is all of these guys, I believe, have that next man up mentality. They go in, they work their ass off, and they want to prove that they're ready to go when their number is called. So they're going to go out there and I believe do their thing and help the Titans out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic about it. I think that the Titans, uh, as I guess you could say that it, contrast the way that they were last year whereas i feel like they have decent depth at wide receiver now you can't necessarily say that going into this week where their top guy arguably is like chester rogers but 
when they have all of their wide receivers out there, I mean, they've got pretty good depth. So you're not in a terrible – I mean, it's bad. But it's not a terrible position here with Chester Rogers, Nick Westbrook. I'm assuming Josh Reynolds will play. I believe that he's going to get some time in this game. And you also have Marcus Johnson who has – he's been designated to return. So, so they have like 21 days or something like that to fully activate him. But there's that chance that he could be activated. But you still have some guys down on the uh, practice squad there. Mason Kinsey, who, you know, maybe he gets called up. That would be really interesting to see him actually get his first regular season NFL action because he's a guy that, you know, we said we could actually see him making this roster. Obviously, mm-hmm. after we looked at the numbers and everything, we were like, it's probably not going to happen, but he has the talent there. And we'll we'll kind of dive into that a little bit more later because – I know one of the friends of the show, his bold prediction kind of relates to that some. So I'm really hoping his bold prediction comes true. Okay, okay. So with this, with all of the wide receivers that are out, Julio and AJ, um, let's talk about some of these guys up at the top and what we could potentially see from them. Um, I mean, for me, the guy that I want to talk about, obviously, is Josh Reynolds because it, we'll, we'll talk about another thing that I whiffed on uh, before the season – here in just a second. But Josh Reynolds is certainly so far one thing that I have completely just a swing and a miss on, on him. And I tried to talk you down from that mountaintop just a little bit. I genuinely thought he was going to be the best wide receiver three in the end. And he has time. He has time. Yeah, but he does have time. But I he, don't see it happening anymore. Um, easy to It's easy to back down off that hill now. Um, but when there was all the optimism and, I mean, just – Well, here's the thing, and I'm going to be honest. I had some pretty high hopes for him, too, because I thought, okay, you pair him with AJ and Julio, like that's going to open some things up. But something that was unforeseen was the Achilles injury that he had. So that kind of set him back. And then the wide receivers coach coming out and saying, you know, he doesn't provide much, basically. Like, obviously, I'm not doing a direct quote, but – He's not that involved with the special teams, which is where some of these guys are overtaking him. So, I mean, with him, the thing is, I guess you, I don't know if you could use this word, but could you say he thrived as a wide receiver three behind Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in LA? He improved every year. Exactly. I mean, he got to a point where he was really carving out a role for himself, and that ended up. Well, not necessarily getting him paid, but it got him an opportunity here in Tennessee where before Julio, before that deal was made, I mean, you were looking at a wide receiver too. So that got him, and who knows if the Titans knew that they were going to end up getting Julio Jones. You can't say they for sure knew. So, you know, that earned him that that chance basically, even though he never actually got to capitalize on it for a small little sliver of time, he was going to be the Titans wide receiver too. So, uh, I mean, I think that he is an extremely talented wide receiver. I think he that he's got what it takes to come in and be that guy, but can he get that opportunity at wide receiver three with him or four, whatever, with him not being able to add that value on special teams? You know, we'll, we'll see. This is – if he plays this game, which 
from what I'm gathering from some of Rabel's interviews, he is going to be playing. This could be his chance to go out if there. If he and plays shine. as far as route runners, wide receivers, as far as pass catching, not playing special teams, he's going to be the most talented guy out there, in my opinion. Chester Rogers is great. Nick Westbrook, you know, he, he, he has his role on special teams, and he scored a touchdown last week. But Josh Reynolds will be the best wide receiver pass catcher out on the field. Now, something to think about for this game because a lot of people are starting to maybe doubt the Titans some. You mentioned this a little bit earlier because they're going to be without A.J. and Julio. But there was a pretty big time there in training camp and preseason where A.J. and Julio weren't practicing. So guess who Ryan Tannehill was throwing to? Chester Rogers, he was throwing to Nick Westbrook. He has this chemistry built up with these guys. It's not like they're just now getting plugged into the situation and he hasn't built that chemistry. He's only had a week to do that. No, he was doing that back in training camp. So, And I think that it will be more than serviceable. But the thing with me is they obviously can't make up that talent gap. So right. there's going to be – which does it really even matter that much? Does your offense change? Because you're still going to run the ball with Derrick Henry and then set up play action. I mean, there's not, other than, you know, maybe drawing up some designed plays in the red zone or just saying, Julio, just just run, just go deep. Like, you take those things, obviously, out of the equation. Um, but other than that, there's not going to be a whole lot that has to change. In my opinion, I, I really don't think so. Um, one scenario that runs through my mind is some of these late game scenarios where the Titans are getting down. Uh, I mean, it might be a close game and they're getting down a little bit closer to the red zone. And it's like AJ's the guy there. I mean, he always ends up making a catch there. It seems like it's a designed play. Every time you don't have that option, you, you, you have to be more creative there and try to come up with a way to get one of these guys open instead of saying, how can we get A.J. in one-on-one coverage? How can we just get A.J. the ball? Yeah, exactly. And let him make a play. So, All right, so what I want to talk about now, and I kind of mentioned this earlier on in the show, I was wrong about Josh Reynolds, and there was something else preseason regarding this game that I was absolutely dead wrong about. I don't know if you might can guess it, Mm. But that is that Zach Wilson, I was 100% wrong about how I thought he was going to perform <laughs> in his rookie year. Because if you remember, I said that he would probably be the best rookie quarterback out of this bunch. I thought that, that he would have the best rookie season out of those guys, potentially win offensive rookie of the year. I have quickly been proven wrong about that. Well, I can't say much about that because if I'm remembering correctly, I think I chose uh, maybe Justin Fields for if he got to take over also, for Chicago and his first week of a taking bad over. week for him. But I don't know if all that's on him. But you know what? We're not a Bears podcast. We're a Titans podcast. So, And they're facing the Jets, so we can talk about them. And yeah, Wilson hasn't really been having that good of a start. Um, It's one of those things, though, where I'm wondering if it's just because he is a rookie, maybe trying to play too much hero ball. And And is it because he's a Jet? I mean, (laughs) that's the question that I was going to get to because I have some numbers here. 
And according to Pro Football Reference, I mean, he's got a QB rating of 22.6, which is just awful. And then a total of seven interceptions, which, I mean, okay, you're a rookie. Like, there's a lot of quarterbacks that had great careers. And I think this guy still has, I mean, just because he's had three bad games, probably about to be four bad games to start his his rookie season doesn't mean he's going to have a bad career. It doesn't mean mean, that he's not even a good quarterback. It it doesn't, but you also look at Sam Darnold, who wasn't doing that good for the Jets when he was there, and then now he's with the Panthers, and he's looking better. (laughs) Looking better, exactly. So that was my point. So is that on him, or is that on the Jets' offense and, and the Jets' team as a whole? Is it a combination? All that is to be determined. I think it, part of it is a combination because we were talking the other day and I mentioned to you that I went back and watched the Jets game against the Broncos. I went back and watched their game against the Patriots. And yes, there were some times when you know maybe his line didn't hold up, like he didn't have that much time, so he got sacked. But then there's a lot of times where he's on he's holding on to the ball for a really long time. And, you know, you're just – you're asking your offensive line to do too much and they get back there and sack him. Or some of these interceptions that he's had, it's went right through his wide receiver's hands. Not saying all of them are like that because I've seen some where I was like, okay, yeah, you can tell he's a he's a rookie. Like, he should not have thrown that ball. Right. So, so I mean, for him, like – Hold on to the ball too long, for one. That is absolutely great for the Titans. I mean, especially with with they've actually been able to start getting some pressure now, mm-hmm. as opposed to the past two years where now, it's it's been terrible. He's going to be able to move around a little bit more than uh, Carson Wentz was this past week. So the Titans will have to watch that a little bit and make sure to you know just get to him and get him down. Don't let him make a play with his legs. I mean, but also the the pocket awareness, it just doesn't seem to be there yet. And right. that's just something that he's got to work on. And that, that's one of his things as a rookie. He's got to work through. But right and, now, it's not there. And that's going to be – the Titans can exploit that. They, I mean, they really can. They can, I mean, dial up some different packages that maybe can confuse him and keep him from being able to stay aware in the pocket. Right. And this needs to be the week where – our defense starts forcing some turnovers. I mean, less than 10 points is what you need. Well, again, I, I would just want them to start forcing some turnovers. We need we need to see some forced fumbles that we recover, some more interceptions. I mean, right now, you look back at last year's defense, yes, they were terrible, you know, mainly across the board, but they could force some turnovers. This year – they're taking strides and improving everything else, but the turnovers have took a step back. So, and you mentioned he has seven interceptions. Let's let's add to that total. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> w- what a perfect game to start really racking up on the turnovers. I mean, I mean, in in forced from in forced fumbles, we have an offensive lineman that's leading the team. <laughs> you you don't want that. Yeah, you, de- you definitely don't want uh, I that. I mean, and now since I did hit on the Titans defense a little bit, I do want to give some credit to the Jets defense. Oh yeah, because yeah. they're it, not one to really overlook. I know you look at the twenty six point twenty six to nothing that Denver had, and then even the Patriots game. But part of that was just because of turnovers, 
and field position. But the Jets have only allowed one passing touchdown through three weeks. That's pretty good. Rushing, they've allowed more touchdowns than that. I can't remember exactly uh, where they're ranked. But I seen a stat today that said that they are the number one defense against play-action passes. That could cause some trouble. It it could, but the main thing that helped them out was having May back there. He's not going to be there. Uh, And again, that's just another instance where you can see, I mean, him him missing this game is going to have a much bigger effect than I feel like a lot of people are are seeing. Because, I mean, I, I guess the obvious thing that you see is, well, on the other side of the ball, Julio and AJ, they're not going to be out there. And that's the thing that stands out to you when you look at this game, you look at the injury reports. But, I mean, he really is just a leader on that defense. And, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see how they play without him. And, I mean, the Jets have a good defensive front. Yeah, too. that, that like, was the thing that I was going to mention. I mean, they, they really do. And you have C.J. Mosley back there at uh, linebacker. So, I definitely think they're a lot more solid defensively than they are offensively. Which is why I say that this needs to be the week that the Titans' defense starts forcing those turnovers. Just put the put the Jets' defense in a bad situation because we're keeping the field position in our favor. Right. All right, it's time to get into Best Bets, brought to you by DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Hey, we're going into week four here. And listen, it is time to go on to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and start looking around for what bets you're going to place for this week, specifically for us with this Titans game. That's obviously what we're going to be talking about here in our best bets segment. Um, but hey, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you don't have it, go ahead and download it because you could use code TPPN, place a $1 bet on any football game. doesn't even have to be the Titans games. I don't know why. I mean, we're giving you bets here. Oh, by the way. <laughs> Not betting advice, but we're giving you bets here. So, I mean, any football game, and you'll get $150 in free bets, and that's code TPPN. And if you're you're in a a state that doesn't have sports betting yet, or if you're not 21, you might only be 18, they also have daily fantasy lineups that you can play and enter contests. Um, They have huge cash prizes on those. I mean, I just had some fun playing in some for Thursday Night Football. You can play them for the showdown games, which is just one game at a time. Uh, whatever you want to do. Um, but download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 rager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let's get into the best bets. Uh, I, take this over. I'm a little bit out, out <laughs> get, of breath get a little here. bit winded? Yeah. Go, um, go ahead and start working on that cardio more. Exactly. You know, get out there and run some suicides or something. I, I don't know. I think this is all that I need. Um, <laughs> twice a week. I'll be good. So first I have to ask you, how many do you have for the segment this week? Um, I think I'm going to stick with two a week. Uh, okay. Uh, I think I, that's an easy number to keep track of. I, I was just wanting to make sure. I, I wrote three down, but I can pick two out of there that I like. 
I will start it off for us. And, and before we get started, let's go ahead and mention we're both tied at one to one here. So we are. We'll see how things go. And again, this is not betting advice. This is just bets that we have looked at for this game and that we think could possibly hit. But hopefully, after a couple of weeks into this, our records will will speak for themselves. Maybe so. The first bet that I'm going to go with is I'm going to take the total points under 44 and a half. I, I, I think that's probably because I think that's probably solid. You know, the Titans are going to be without their main weapons. The Jets defense, we talked about how they're pretty good. I don't think they're just going to go crazy scoring, and I don't think they're going to allow the Jets to score a lot. So I, I don't see this game hitting 45 points. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, to me, it's even if the Titans do score a lot, I just don't see this Jets offense putting a lot of points on the board. So, I mean, with that, the Titans are not going to be scoring up in the 30s. And then the Jets, they're going to hold them to a low score. I, I agree with you. Um, this is one of those very rare rare, <laughs> rare times, but I do. Um, the first one that I have, and I tweeted about this earlier in the week when this line first came out, and it was actually – I, I don't know how you would – the Titans were more in favor then than they are now. I guess now with uh, obviously A.J. and Julio being ruled out, uh, at that time they were still questionable. But Titans minus six versus the Jets. I mean, this... Okay, is, is this going to be one of those where we pretty much agree on all of the all the bets? I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see. My next one you might not agree on, considering that you did pick the under. But, I mean, this just... It seems like way too close to spread. This Jets team, they were beaten by 19 and 26 in the past two weeks by the Patriots and the Broncos. They've averaged six point, and if you follow us on Twitter, you've already seen all this information. <laughs> They've averaged 6.7 points per game so far this season, and that's obviously the worst in the NFL, and that's roughly half of the next worst team. I believe the Bears, yeah, the Bears, with 13.3. The Jets are only at 6.7, and that is just terrible garbage, and that is why I believe the under is going to hit here. Um. They failed to cover the spread in every game this season. Uh, last week, they had a 10.5-point cushion against the Broncos. They still couldn't cover. So, to me, the Jets are just not a team to cover. And I know that Jacob Patterson, um, <laughs> he, he is a friend of the show. He sometimes has some incredibly bad takes. And one of those is that this is going to be a trap game for the Titans and that these lines just don't make sense. And so, in that scenario, the Jets could end up covering this because – it, you know, it doesn't make sense that the Jets should be this close. Well, okay, the line's trying to tell you something here. No, I think that the line is factoring way too – I think it's putting way too much weight in A.J. Brown and Julio not playing. I think so, too. Uh, I mean, that was one of the bets that I had wrote down as well because I, I looked at it and I was like, I, I just don't see this game being that close. And I took I, I, seven I and a half, so I feel very comfortable at six. Right, and like you said, Jacob, I hope I hope you've made it to this point in the video. You need to be watching it, or if you're listening to the audio version of it, need to be listening. Now, we have said Titans do have to be careful because this could turn into a trap game. They need to stay focused, but I just I don't see it happening. So since you did take the uh titans minus six i actually took a page out of your book from last week and i went to the first half spread okay and 
the first half spread. I didn't even look at this one, so I'm interested. I'm interested to see what it is. It's three and a half. See, I just I don't see it being that close at halftime. I, I don't either, which is why I took the Titans minus three and a half because, and that's why I said this may be one of those weeks where we just agree that all these bets are good bets in our opinion, right? So because at halftime I don't see it being that close. So let's round out your two bets. Um, go ahead and and just just to have those list them both off at the same time. And then I'll go through uh, total as well. Total points for the game under forty four and a half, and the Titans on the first half spread of minus three and a half. Okay, so my last that I'm gonna my last bet that I'm gonna throw out here is Ryan Tannehill over two hundred and three and a half passing yards. Um, it, it might seem crazy with AJ Brown and Julio out, but I just said I think they're putting too much weight on those guys being out. the The Jets they're going to be very focused on stopping Derrick Henry. And so I, I think with that, there's going to create a lot of opportunity for Tannehill there. I mean, here's what it comes down to. If the Jets try to just continually load the box up, I mean, you're talking about other professional receivers out here. If all they have to do is beat one-on-one coverage, I, I like their chances. Exactly. So, so I think over 203.5 pass. I mean, that's not even that many passing yards necessarily. I mean, that's – I don't know. I, I think there's an easy chance that he hits that. So to round mine out, I've got Titans minus six on the spread versus the Jets, and then Ryan Tannehill over 203 and a half passing yards. So we'll see. Uh, right now we're tied. Hopefully and we won't be tied it, after this. After this, it's going to be interesting on that one because when we do have a couple of bold predictions from Jacob for this episode, since it is you know the Titans are playing his Jets and. You know, we have his score prediction. So, uh, you picking that, it's going to be interesting when we get to his bold prediction. But now it's time for our next segment, which is Stat Chat. Not Snapchat, Stat Chat. And, okay, I will say, so I have midterms coming up, and I did not have – No, no, listen, I have (laughs) stats. I have stats. I didn't have as much time to really get – as much into it as I wanted. So I took a stat that you kind of recommended to me earlier in the week for this segment. Oh, I'm so glad you're finally taking my advice. Well, this will be (laughs) the one and only time. So I I did take your advice this time and I decided that, that I would look into some of the things that you were talking about a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about Derrick Henry and his usage so far this season. Um, so he's got 80 rushes so far on the season. Um, and he's on pace for 453 rushes on the season. Now, take into account that there's an extra game and on that's, the schedule. That's also not factoring in his total touches. It's not factoring in his total touches. So adjusted for 16 games because I want to keep it fair when comparing to what he did last year. Now, granted, I know there is an extra game this season. So it... it it makes sense and doesn't make sense to adjust it for 16 games. But for the sake of comparing his usage per game, I want to, I wanted to adjust it for 16 games. So that's 426 carries adjusted compared to 378 last year. So there is an uptick there. And then you also have to consider that his 12 receptions so far this season has him on pace for 68 there, which is 
I mean, you compare that to only 19 last year. So adjust his total touches for 16 games, and you're looking at 490 compared to only 397 last year. So almost an extra 100 touches. That's the only stats that I have for this week, but it opens up a lot to think about there because interpret that however you'd like. And really, if you add in the extra game, it's over 100 because yeah, yeah, because if he keeps on this pace, total touches, he's going to have over 500 for the season. And I yes. am in there interested to hear what you have, what else you have to say about this. I mean, everybody is going to in- interpret that in their own way. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that will say it's Derrick Henry and it's okay. And I'm going to kind of be in the middle here because I'm going to say that, yes, I do think that that is a lot of touches compared to what he's had earlier in his career. And I do think that that's a lot of usage for a running back. That's a lot of wear and tear to put on somebody. I think that is okay in this scenario because I, I mean, I really think after this contract, you're not gonna you're not gonna have Derrick Henry on the team anymore. That's See, my I, honest belief. I don't know about that. I think he'll end up being a Titan for life. I really do, just because he's one of those guys that. I feel like the team would want to keep around. But I'm going to tell you why it's going to be okay if he has all that. And it goes back to you look at how much usage he had in high school. You look at how much usage he had in college. Then you get to the NFL. His first couple of years, he didn't have this amount of usage. Like his body was basically given some time to heal up, if you will and just revitalize. And now, you know, last year and this year, yes, he's starting to add up those touches. But we also seen last year where the Titans were able to get up in some games and Henry was able to come out. Or, and hopefully this one doesn't happen this year, the Titans were just down by so much that they had to take him out of the game. So he got some rest there and didn't get all that usage. So, it could easily even back out. Like, all they have to do is get up in games, and you could see him come out for, like, the fourth quarter or maybe even a whole half. Right, so, I mean... And, but he, the way he prepares himself and the way that, you know, the Titans don't just throw him out there in preseason and training camp that much, you know, they'll have him working over on the side. Right. It, he just, he's he's a different breed. So I, I want to reiterate kind of what you were just saying, and then I also have another point as to why I don't think this is that big of a deal. So with Derrick Henry, um, I mean, just because there is an extra game on the schedule does not mean he is going to get that much extra work. You know, he's not going to get another game's worth of work. And that, I think that's because they're going to be smart about it, and they're going to say if there is a scenario – where he doesn't have to play the second half, or if we get to the end of the season and there's a scenario where he doesn't have to play the game, we are going to we're going to cut him off. Exactly. That's the point that I was about to make. Say they get the division wrapped up and they know that they're not going to be able to get the one seed. They may rest him then. Or, he may not have to play against the Texans in Week 17. Right. Or, or Week 18, sorry. Or say we get to Week 16 – you know, they play that 16th game 
And well, actually, it'd be it'd be week seventeen, week seventeen. But you get what I'm meaning. I just did the same thing just a second. Ago. They play that. They play their sixteenth game, and say they lock up the one seed. He may not play that last game. Right. I mean, and he would also have that extra week to recover. But there's so many ways that this could level back out. We're three weeks. You know, we've played three games. Don't freak out about it right now. Exactly. I, I, I agree mean, with you. We should be happy that. Yes, it's a lot of usage when you start adding it up, but he's being involved in the passing game now. He's keeping defenses, the Titans as a whole are keeping defenses guessing on third down because he's being able to stay out there. Exactly. It's not, okay, Henry's coming off, we know they're passing. Yeah, and hey, the reason that I wanted to include this in this week's segment, I thought it was a a great thing to bring up, especially since I didn't have a lot of time for this stat chat, um, is because you had mentioned that there was some chatter about his usage. And so the last thing that I wanted to bring up um, for this segment is there's a doctor that I follow on Twitter. He specifically studies sports injuries. Um, and, and his name is Edwin Porras. Porras, however, I might have butchered the last name, but however you say that, um, he says that when there's no prior injury history, that just because a player is getting more usage, that doesn't correlate to a higher risk of major injury. So especially in Derrick Henry's case, where there has been no history of injuries. Knock on wood. Not, definitely knock on wood. Just because he is getting higher usage. Now, granted, that doesn't mean that there's not a little bit of wear and tear there because, I mean, as you continue to get hit more and more and more, yes, that does happen. How significant that is, I, I don't know. Haven't looked at, I don't even know if there is studies on that. I'm sure there is somewhere. Haven't looked into those. But there's not an increased risk for him of a major injury versus the typical risk if he just has, I don't know, 100 carries throughout the season. I mean, I feel like the I, – I didn't really want to bring the injury thing up just because, you know, I'm not superstitious. I'm well, just a and another thing is – you know, just because we talk about an injury on the podcast, that also does not correlate with a higher risk of major injury. <laughs> yeah, again, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. So, but it's one of those things where a player could easily get injured on their first carry of the season. You know, just like their fifth hundred carry of the season. 500. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I seen, a, a perfect I, segment to throw it out into because this is all about numbers. <laughs> and then we're talking about the fifth hundred carry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got, got a little ahead of myself. Look, we're recording this later at night than yeah, what we usually yeah, we do. Are, I mean, I have coffee over here. It's we, 10 o'clock at night. Dude, I needed to be woke up a little bit. You're not going to sleep. Oh, I will. I'll be all okay. right. All right. So don't you worry about me. Okay. So that's all. That's it for the stat chat for this week. Um, Depending on how things go this next week, hopefully I will have a lot more to talk about next week. But I, I was if, def- you, if you've made it this far in the video, let us know what you think about Derrick Henry's workload. And, and also, leave a comment as to what you might like to hear for next week um, as far as uh, stats-wise. So Yeah, you, you might need a little – maybe I, I can I throw something to, else yeah, out to you. Yeah, true. So yeah, I, I, whenever you first brought that up, I thought you were going to mention maybe something about the – about Zach Wilson or something like that, because I had brought up the point to you also earlier this week about how I thought some of the sacks that he took were on him holding the ball too long. Right. So I didn't know exactly where you were going. Which would have been on a, that. a great thing to look into, you know, if I had 
the the time this week. But right. Yeah. Well, either way, I I like this. So I mean, hey. we got to give our our thoughts on it. Now it's time to jump to our quick hitters, which is our keys to the game, our bold predictions, and our score predictions. And I would like to um, just put it out there ahead of time that I for this segment this week I am completely free balling. I don't have just any off the dome. I, just off the dome. I don't have anything. <laughs> well, so let's hope I can come up with something good. Since that's the case, for our keys to the game, because we always hit those before our bold predictions. I'm going to throw it over to you for the first key to the game. Yeah, so I think the key to the game for me is going to be just because the Jets are going to be focused in on Derrick Henry, do not abandon that early. Continue to run the ball with him and continue to try to establish that. Even though they are one of the best in the league against play action, um, they haven't played the Titans play action. So let's kind of you know show them what this offense is all about get Derrick Henry going and then set up the play action for later in the game well and that just gives me an idea maybe something a stat for you next week is to see how much running the ball actually correlates to effective play action so but I have I have some <laughs> uh pro- I probably have a hot take on it actually so. uh, okay anyways well but and not just you know, running the ball with Derrick Henry, just getting the ball in his hands. Yeah. I'm mean, letting him make a play. I mean, you, you, know. you get it in his hands. The defense still has to try and tackle him. I'm going to play him in some PPR formats this, this week. So I, I wouldn't blame you. There. <laughs> My key to the game is going to be stopping the Jets run game and quick pass game. Play up on these receivers. Make Zach Wilson try and play hero ball. Make him try and force throws downfield. Don't give him the quick, easy throws and let him kind of get in that rhythm and be like, build some confidence. Right. Because he probably doesn't have much of it after the last two weeks. Keep driving him into the ground <laughs> right now. Don't let him have Ruin easy- his career. Yeah. <laughs> don't let him have those easy throws. I don't want to see our guys playing eight yards off the receivers. No, get up there, jam them, throw their timing off, and don't let them do those quick screen passes. Okay. Um, I I like it. Uh, let's move into the bold predictions. All right. So going to throw the bold and score predictions in there a little bit because... Because like, you're reading off the fan predictions it, the, the fan predictions, the friend predictions, however the, you want to... Whoever wants to throw out a prediction. So we have friend of the show, Titans Rossi. Reach out to him. I was on his show last night. Everyone make sure to go check that out. Had a blast. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Titans Rossi and his YouTube Titans Rossi. He his bold prediction I kind of hinted at this earlier is he thinks that Mason Kinsey will see some action this week, and I'm hoping he's right. Maybe he gets that call up from the practice squad and gets some time in the game. And I mean, even if it's just on special teams, hey, I'm gonna count Rossi's bold prediction as right because right. that's some action. And his score prediction that he gave for this game is 30-13 to 13 with the Titans winning. Another guy that I just met last night on Titans Rossi's show, Titans Mafia. You can find him on Twitter, at Mafia Titans. He also has a YouTube, Titans Mafia. And I don't believe he has anything up yet, but he's working on getting some videos ready and just go ahead, go subscribe. You're not going to want to miss his stuff. His bold prediction 
is that the Titans' defense will hold Corey Davis under 50 receiving yards, and he put in uh, parentheses Christian Fulton. So apparently, Corey Davis is going to be locked in Fulton County Jail this week. Oh, okay, okay. I, I can't take credit for that. I've been seeing it all over Twitter. Right. So, uh, but I, I, I assumed that you didn't come up with something <laughs> that clever. I, I think that he's right on that. I think that the Titans are going to put Christian Fulton on him and not let Corey Davis have that revenge game. He gave a score prediction of... Arguably one of the biggest revenge games, comeback games of this week. Right? Uh, sure. We got Tom Brady coming back to New England. But, yeah. That, but arguably... You know, no, <laughs> definitely not, not. Not at all. Definitely not. Uh, his score prediction, 27-13 to 13 with the Titans winning. My amazing wife, Carrie, she gave a bold prediction of no sacks allowed by the Titans. Tannehill's going to stay upright and a score prediction of 31 to 21 Titans. Then Drake, who he's, and then we have Drake. (laughs) He's been whining a little bit. We're going to have to find some time to get him on the podcast to talk with us. You know, even though I throw some stuff out there to him, just trying to help him learn. Apparently he's not listening to the podcast because he's like, we can't all have a podcast. Hey, that's why I'm trying to educate you right now. And so, again, he started whining. His bold prediction, and him and Jacob actually have a friendly bet on this. Well, not on these actual yards. Henry will have over 225 total yards. And he gave a score prediction of 24 to 14 Titans. I love that score prediction, actually. I I was pretty close to that score prediction. I'm going with the same one I gave on Rossi's show last night. Then we have, I'm going to save Jacobs for last as far as the fan and friend predictions. Spencer, another another friend of the show, his bold prediction is that Henry would have 148 total yards, one touchdown, Chester Rogers, two touchdowns, and Ryan Tannehill, one rushing touchdown. He gave a score prediction, and... All right, that that will work out. Didn't even add up his touchdowns <laughs> there. Uh, I was wanting to make sure he didn't throw me off here. His score prediction, 31-13 to 13 Titans. Now we'll hop into Jacobs. He has the Jets winning this game. I'm going to give his score prediction first. 31-27. to 27, Jets winning. It's an awfully so, high-scoring game. So for, for him... Jets. For him, he's probably going to take the over in this game. Definitely. Even more of a reason to go with the under. (laughs) (laughs) His first bold prediction is that Zach Wilson will have more passing yards and a better passer rating than Ryan Tannehill. And then his second bold prediction is that Corey Davis will have more total yards than Derrick Henry. Hey, so you can't and I, I, listen. You can't blame the man for very specifically following the guidelines <laughs> of bold prediction. I, I agree. And his and Drake's friendly bet there is that Jacob says Derrick Henry will have under 150 total yards. Drake has him over 150. So yeah, now we'll jump into. I guess I'm going to be giving a bold prediction first. Go ahead. Uh, 
I say that, man, this is, it's tough. I mean, if you can't give one. like <laughs> Go ahead if you got one. Yeah, so my bold, you actually had kind of mentioned this about Spencer earlier. My bold prediction is going to contradict my score prediction. Um, don't know why, just felt like <laughs> it. So I think that the Titans are going to quadruple the spread that that they're getting from Vegas this week. So they're going to win by 24 points. Wow. Um, I, I think that, I, I mean, I think they're going to just do it four times over. So I don't know exactly how that score would work out there, but my score prediction is definitely not going to reflect that. <laughs> but uh, hey, the bold prediction is going to be, it's supposed to be something that you think probably won't happen. But, you know, if anything crazy happens, you know, that that's what you feel like it might be. So there you go. All right, bold prediction. Ryan Tannehill is going to have four total touchdowns in this game. And I'm going to say I will get specific with them. The Jets have only allowed one passing touchdown. Ryan Tannehill will have three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. Like you said, my my bold prediction kind of contradicts my score prediction here. I'll go ahead and hop into that. My score prediction for this game is 24 to 13 Titans. You know, the more that I thought about it, I actually just kind of thought, forget about it, you know? <laughs> uh, 24 nothing Titans. Wow. I'm gonna, okay. I mean, if the Broncos can do it, why can't the Titans do it? I, I like the logic, I guess. I mean, that that's just that's just my thoughts on it. I, <laughs> I I've thought about it a little. I was just sitting here while you were going over your bold prediction uh, and your score prediction, and I was just like, you know, I feel like I should just I, I go all in on it. If I'm going to do it, why not just completely go in? So 24 nothing Titans. Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> That's well, all that I've got. I, I, I had to stick with my score prediction because I said it on Rossi's show. I don't like changing it up. Right. So, I mean, I would like if my score prediction was wrong and Tannehill had four touchdowns. I'll take it. Right. That's all that I've got. I don't know if you got anything else to throw out there. That's all I've got. Thanks for sticking with us through this whole uh, episode. If you're still here, this has been Titans Time. And as always, tighten up.